Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Better Than Wine Podcast with Sean and Riley. You know I'm leaving that in, right? Hey, baby, let me look your way. What? <laughs> None of this is getting taken out. I hope you realize this. It's fine. Okay. I'm cool with it. All right. All right, so what are we talking about today? Not neon trees, that's for sure. Thank the Lord. So, what is it? We are talking about your manhood and your manhood and your manhood and your manhood. Not mine, though, because I don't have that. Or if you're a woman out there in the world. We're not talking about yours either. Yep. We will talk about your feminine hood. Womanhood? Your womanhood. Femininity. Femininity. But womanhood yeah. would have been the the proper opposite. The proposite, so to speak. <laughs> I am awake tonight. Get ready, folks. You are I've in- been awake for a while. Oh! Okay. All right. All right. It's not that exciting. <laughs> So anyways. Um, we're talking about manhood. Next mm-hmm. week we will talk about womanhood. Uh, also known as manhood is authentic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we begin our endeavors. Yeah. Uh, Sean's classy glasses straightening that he just did. He is ready. Um, should we tell the people... What we're drinking. Yeah, especially if just for the sake of one person. One person to rule them all of our adoring fans. Who shall remain nameless. Who I'm pretty sure doesn't listen to this. Good. <laughs> what were you clapping or clapping? Snapping? I was snapping under the to microphone? tell you don't say anything too mean. But like under the microphone? Uh-huh. As if nobody's, you can't hear that because it's down under. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, Tonight, we are drinking a Dr. Pepper. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. Pepper, PhD. (laughs) What do you think Dr. Pepper's first name is? He has no first name. Do you think it's... It's Doctor. Do you think he's friends with Chester... Chester Cheetah. Why? I don't know. Like, junk food homies. Yep. Probably. Um, we're drinking Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is the superior carbonated beverage. Mm-hmm. Of them all. One doctor to rule them all. And also, we just needed something to help us stay awake. Stay awake. And it's working. <laughs> Clearly. For one of us. <laughs> Whoa! No. Yeah. Uh, is it my second Dr. Pepper? Did you just open that? No. It's mo- It's oh. almost gone, though. Oh, it's at least so. your first, then. I haven't had any voltage! No. Which, for the record, you did buy another one. 
of your own free will. That. Well, I it mean, was a rough day. That Lowe's lady was dissing on me about TGI Fridays. It was an impulse buy. It's just a baseless claim on her part. First of all, it wasn't like actual TGI Fridays. It was just it was the frozen potato skins from the grocery store. And yeah. it was at Lowe's. So, Lowe's, please control yeah. your employees. She probably microwaves them. That's why she thinks they're bad. She literally, we were in self-checkout, which is the place where you go when you don't want people <laughs> to talk to you. Yep. It was me and father, and we were buying doorknobs. Yep. And I was like, what are you going to have for dinner? And I don't even remember. He was like, I have leftovers. And I said, I'm going to have TGI Friday's frozen potato skins and then from over the self-checkout like in the next section of Mm self-checkout she goes you like tgi fridays and i was like i did not come here for this yeah i responded politely though Mm -hmm. as long as i could but then um father accidentally charged the (laughs) doorknobs to his personal credit card right instead of the Parish yeah. card, and I impulse bought a Mountain Dew, yep. but I only drank half of it. That's true. Over like three days. Yep. So now that you all know I'm a disgusting, gross person for eating TGI Fridays potato skins and drinking Mountain Dew Voltage. Let us begin. Yep. Because we're not talking about me this week. Nope. We're talking about Mr. Sean. Nope. Not me. Men in general, really. Yeah. Well, the calling that men have. Yes. That most do not. Just kidding. Whoa. Go there. Jacques. Wow. Sorry. I'm high energy. Yeah. You are. Remember when we first met and I was like this all the time because I wasn't tired? Yeah. You married that. I did. And here we are again. Full circle. (laughs) Full circle. All right. Let's wrap it up. We're done. I mean, wait. That's not how it works. (laughs) What? Pockter. Okay. Thanks. So anyways, manhood. Authentic masculinity. Where should we start? Start at the very beginning. So in Genesis. A very good place to start. So the book of Genesis. When you read, you begin with A, B, C. When you count, you begin. What are you doing? What is this? <laughs> Isn't it from Sound of Music? I have no idea. I know like that one song from Sound of Music. Which one? You know the one. Well, the one I was just singing was really popular also. No, it's not. Yes, it is. The only one I know is, uh, what's, how do you say it? Um, it's like an Austrian word. Wait, are you talking like the only one you know how to play on the guitar? No, I don't know how to play any of them, first of all. So Edelweiss is the one you're talking about. Yeah, that one. 
Okay, but I was singing Doe a Deer, a Female Deer, which you surely have heard in your life. I've heard that part of it that you just spoke. Well, that's the introduction. Okay, well, I've not heard the rest of it's it. It's the Julie Andrews spoken part of it before yes. the song. But also, Raindrops on Roses, Whiskers on Kittens, What? Doorbells and Sleigh Bells, and. No? No. What is that? Oh my gosh. Alright, close the podcast down. We're watching Sound of Music right now. Oh no, that's worse than this. Okay, let's keep going with this. Uh, so. so, we are starting with the spousal meaning of the body and sexual difference. Okay, what do those things mean? We've talked about spousal meaning of the body before, right? Yes, but it was more of like, we're talking about... Remember when we alluded to sexual difference when we had a podcast on spousal meaning of the body? Oh. Now we're doing that thing. Cool. So. So the first thing that we want to point out is that difference is good. Yeah. So just to recap the, you know, meaning of this, what John Paul II means by the spousal meaning of the body, uh, right, that just in the way that we are created as human, either male or female, um, we are created in a way that we are made to love others. Like, that is how, again, that is shown through our bodies, but, like, again, in the way that we love other people, right, either whether it is in marriage specifically or again just in the way that we care for others um again is how our, our body through using our body we physically show uh, right, our love for other people right and again where john paul ii draws the line to say it is like a, obviously a special meaning in the context of marriage but um that it, we are meant to be a gift to others um Again, that's kind of what he means there. Uh, And then, uh, more so than that, that it's also, you know, whether you are male or female, also kind of carries additional sort of, trying to think the right way to put it. Callings. Callings, yeah. That's good. Vocational aspects. Yep. Which is just a fancy word way of saying callings. Yep. Identities, maybe? Sure. I think calling works. Choose your synonym. I'm sorry. Synonym? Yeah, those are oh, all essentially oh, oh, synonyms. Like which word? Okay. Sorry. Not you. You don't get to choose. They can following. choose. It's the only thing you can choose from what we're talking about today. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so, all right. Sorry. What um, What else were you saying before? Um, or different? Nothing. Okay. Uh, so, different being different is good. Mm-hmm. Difference is good. Mm-hmm. It is because of the difference between men and women which allow them to unite in a life-giving way. If they were the same, this would not be possible. So... 
it's really hard to talk about these topics without kind of doing a comparison back and forth, but we're going Mm -hmm. to really try to focus this episode on masculinity Mm -hmm. because there is so much content relating to both masculinity and femininity Mm -hmm. that it was... I feel like our options were to either make a masculinity episode and a femininity episode or do a two-part, like a two-episode yeah. thing because it would be like three hours long. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, everything that we are talking about tonight and in the next episode will be highlighting how uh, the the differences between men and women what are they? like sorry sometimes I start a sentence and <laughs> I don't know where it's going <laughs> I just hope I find it somewhere along the way um, no I want to say that we'll be highlighting the unique differences which allow kind of the world, the society to function in a way. Um, And I always explain it to, I've used this analogy several times in my eighth grade class. Pretty sure my girls are very tired of me using this, but like if you we we know this on an innate human level we know that people are meant to be different from one another and that equality does not mean identical Hmm. um and so what i always tell them is we know because in in an office um you have different workers who have different strengths and different tasks and, and different responsibilities. And it would be unproductive. See, you're laughing at me because I feel like you've heard me say this. No, that's not oh. why I'm laughing. Why are you laughing? I was thinking how, like, there's, like, you know, like, stereotypes of different type of people that are, like, always in an office. Like, there's always a Jerry, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> um... And so I always use the example of, like, me and the rest of the catechesis team and how we all do different things and it wouldn't be very productive if we all were only good at the same things because then there would be too many people to do certain tasks and not enough uh, and other things wouldn't be getting done. Mm -hmm. So... In our human nature, as much as society may try to deny certain aspects of how difference is good, um, we know that it is because we have created entire societies, governmental structures, businesses, families, etc., you name it, with different roles, responsibilities, and um, personalities. Yeah, and since since we're here, and it just made me think of it, it's almost like, like I think society at large, at least, I don't know, I, can't, I don't know if I can speak for like the world, but um, what I've seen 
is that it seems that society has almost taken, like, difference is good, and, you know, like, again, that we, you know, if you're Catholic, you probably understand, right, that kind of what we talked about even before in looking at the story of the, the fall, that the devil takes things that are good, twists them into something evil, that I think this is true in society today of, you know, difference is good, that I think most people, if you just said that phrase, they would agree with you, but that it's kind of been taken too far or too out of context that it has no meaning. That, you know, it's like, you can be whoever you want to be, you know, whenever, at any given time, and you're different, and that's good, you know? Yeah. So, well, yeah. and almost so much that if you strive for difference, it becomes a denial of who you were truly created to be. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love about the core of Catholic teaching is how, especially theology of the body, I think primarily theology of the body is really, truly the root focus of that is who did God create me to be? Mm -hmm. And it's so respectful of like our natural existence, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, As is, you know, the teachings of Catholicism and we could go, obviously I could give a lot of examples, but to say like, Uh, not to say, but uh, to what you were saying, that you try to create a difference that isn't there. And, like, Mm -hmm. nobody can be the same in any way to anyone else. Right. um, To take it to an extreme. Right. And kind of like you're saying, where you end up denying sort of who you really are. Right. And I think that's that is like such a big problem with uh, a lot of people today, and just trying to figure out like who they are. Yeah. And again, we're always seems to get placed into something. Um, what am I trying to say? Um, not something physical, but something um, superficial. Yeah, I think superficial, uh, where that it eventually it, it falls apart or like, it's not eternal so it doesn't last forever and you end up you know just kind of in misery trying to say like oh i'm i thought i was this person i wanted to be this person mm-hmm. but it just kind of falls apart because it's not built on anything whereas what we should all be doing right, if we're learning through theology of the body through in the teachings of the church is that like we, yeah, it's good to be your own person, who you are, but to place your identity not in whatever else you think, but it should always be as a son or daughter of God. Like that is your identity. Uh, and I think when it gets placed in something else that's not eternal, like God, that's when you have um, all this suffering that just comes from, you know, a lot of it just internal suffering of trying to figure out 
like who you are, why, you know, you might feel like you don't make sense, you know, or, you know, trying to figure out your purpose. Uh, if it's not rooted in God, then it falls apart at some point. Yeah. But I also think, like, there are many people, especially now, that we've kind of gone through several generations of, like, falling away from the faith and generations of people kind of raised in no real religion. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I told my sixth graders is God gives us lots of, like, natural clues, too. He said, like, I don't want you to feel like you're doomed if you're not Catholic or you don't know God mm-hmm. to, like, never figure out who you're supposed to be, kind of reach uh, that vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk a lot about, like, what are my gifts and my talents? And obviously within catechesis classes we say like we recognize those as gifts from God Mm -hmm. but I do think that that that, like I said God leaves us a lot of natural clues kind of built into who we are um, but we have to put them in context Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously I well maybe not obviously but to me it's much easier when it's illuminated by theology and kind of our history as a as a people with our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so to tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, um, we're going to be exploring kind of what is more universal to every man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want people, kind of like when we did temperaments, to say, like, now, this is general, but within this, every individual has a vocation has different gifts and talents and skills and different ways that that these callings kind of present themselves in uh like in each individual's Mm -hmm. life yeah um so it's not always each calling is not always as obvious for one person as it is for another because um, when we when we do when we did femininity with the girls, uh, spoiler, one of them is mother, like one of the callings, and it's like I always have somebody say, "Well, what if I don't want kids?" And mm-hmm. we have to remember that God has such a specific and special plan for each of us where. Like, we still have a calling mm-hmm. um, within that ro- that uh, characteristic of masculinity or femininity, mm-hmm. but it's not going to look the same as mm-hmm. anyone else's, especially when you get down to the nitty-gritty details. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's what it made me think of when you were just saying all this is that, you know, it's like God gives us a lot of like natural signs. Um, that's most mostly what John Paul II is focused on is mm-hmm. not, you know, some sort of abstract <clears throat> like looking at who we actually are right and then kind of like retracing the steps backwards from there to like where did we come from right, right. like who are we what are we made for um that yeah it, and it just makes me think a lot of you know like saint thomas aquinas's arguments how a lot of that um, depending on what questions he's trying to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's not even, you know, uh, necessarily like a religious yeah. thing that he's saying. Um, you know, like if you just even like look at his arguments for the existence of God, <laughs> like most of them are just based on just observations. Right. That you make, um, and so the theology of the body is so similar to that. Um, just that John Paul II is saying, like, okay, let's like stop for a second, look like at ourselves, just like with our own eyes, and look at ourselves, and say, okay, like what? How did I get here? Yeah. First of all, there has to be an answer to that, mm-hmm. um, and then you know from there, what do I do with that? Right. Um, and if you are believing in a Christian God, mm-hmm. I I always present the definition of theology of the body as a as a uh, topic category mm-hmm. phrase. Sure. As I've heard it both ways. Yes. The study of God as revealed through our bodies. Mm-hmm. It's not what can we learn about our bodies based on what we believe about God. Mm-hmm. It is what can we learn about God and our relationship with Him as it's revealed through our bodies because our bodies are like such, they are the most concrete, most familiar thing to us in our entire existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and um, that's why I think it's such a powerful thing for people when they understand theology of the body, Mm -hmm. at least even a little bit, like, it should, if it's something, like, brand new to you, it should really change your perspective, I think, on just everything, on the world, on relationships with others on yourself <laughs> um like it really gives you a different perspective to to look at the world mm-hmm. um and in a way that again is kind of more grounded uh is kind of based just in our everyday experiences um and not some kind of you know uh like you know some sort of imagine like most people think of like having an encounter with God as being some sort of unique, you know, crazy supernatural thing that you know, doesn't happen to most people. Like, like an apparition. Right, something like yeah, that. Yeah, some sort of, you know, appearance with <clears throat> choirs of angels and lights and mm-hmm. 
glowing celestial bodies. <laughs> right. When it's, it's, I mean, so often God tells us in scripture, he was not in the wind. He was not in the fire. Fire. I wanted to say fire, but yeah. I wasn't sure. But he was in the still small voice. Mm-hmm. And so, like, none of this should be surprising to say, like, oh, I've never had a God experience. And I mean, maybe you haven't, but I think a lot of people aren't looking closely enough. And I say that because I have not looked closely enough, especially in certain times. Um, But God tells us that he is quiet most of the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he's not, but most of the time he is. But if you think about your relationships with other people, I mean, we've been married for just over five years. And we've been together for, what, six Just years? over five years. <laughs> Just <laughs> over six years. It's already scandalous enough. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, very rarely do we have some sort of pivotal exchange. Right. Between the two of us. I mean, the day-to-day is... I don't want to say mundane, but it's not particularly memorable. Right. It's like we have a routine that we we pretty much go through. We talk about, generally, talk about the same topics of things. Talk about root Lowe's employees dissing our dinner. I will literally never forget. (laughs) Pivotal moment right there. But you weren't there for that. No, I wasn't. I just got to hear about it. So, if you, I think that people should treat their relationship with God more like, not exactly like, but more like a human relationship that they really care about, where Mm there is consistent engagement, Mm -hmm. there is... A joy in just being in the presence of that person and not necessarily having a whole lot of interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least not a whole lot of, I don't want to say productive interaction. It's all productive though. Like when you spend time with somebody and the little things, your friendship grows deeper. Right. But, and that's the thing is like treating your relationship with God like an actual friendship where Mm -hmm. you're not just going to him because you want or need something. Right. Right. You're not just like trying to like use God to help you out. Right. But Mm -hmm. just going to, yeah, actually to talk to God, right. To pray. Yeah. Is having a conversation with God of, you know, talking to God and listening. Um, and again, not just asking for things. Um, but I, just to say, like, you know, kind of your, what you're saying is, um, <clears throat> like, our relationships with 
the people around us, uh, what John Paul II is trying to tell us is ideally those relationships should be a sign for us of what our relationship with God should be like. Um, And I think in most clearly in uh, marriage, right? And that's why he talks about uh, Ephesians 5, right? And St. Paul saying that we need to, spouses should love each other, you know, as much as basically Christ loves the church. Um, And we'll talk more about that too another time, but to just say, um, and maybe try to get a little bit back on track. Uh, just, I don't feel like we're not on track. I, I feel like we've done a lot of prefacing not, but yeah. of front end preface. Pre- well, that's what prefacing is, right? <laughs> Pre-prefacing. <laughs> like, I guess it is stuff that just applies like to everyone. Um, but I wanted to give a frame of reference for the relationship before we got more specific, because at least for me, it helps to kind of say, like, okay, what I'm going to hear next, I need to bend to myself. I need to take to prayer, to, and maybe men's brains don't work the same as that, but to say, like, I know, now I know what I am going to hear next is, is going to be general and then I can take it and personalize it in my relationship mm-hmm. and, and giving a frame of reference of how to do that also I'll be honest I just had to write a curriculum sheet on prayer so yeah. so that's fresh that's how we ended up here that's fair it was really good though <laughs> that's good um great it was for third through seventh graders. Well, that's good. They, they should know how to pray, just yeah. like anybody else. It's a good time to learn. Okay. So, shall we present the callings that we've alluded to? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I like it. So, um, the roles of men... Yes. For authentic masculinity. Yeah. Sorry. So there are several roles that men can take throughout their lives, and that it changes, and times you just add different ones on there. Um, but these are, well, at least in my mind, the way I interpreted it was that these roles are kind of enduring, but they. Like, sometimes they might, one might be more predominant, or, um, activated, that's weird, but, like, yeah, more at, like, I at, know what different, you mean. at different times. Right, because it all depends, they're all based on right. our relationships, so it's, it depends on who right. you're but also the engaging char- with. the characteristics <laughs> within the roles. Mm-hmm are, I think, something that you find in authentic masculinity, kind of no matter where the person is at in their lives. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of a big thing, and it just reminded me, I was going to say something before, Mm because something you said, like, 
um, sort of like jogged my memory mm-hmm. um, that uh, all of these, and the, this will go for now when we're talking about masculinity and later when we're talking about femininity, that uh, kind of the biggest part of this is that even when you're not like actively living these roles based again based on your relationships that like as a man or as a woman you have the capacity right to live these out so i think it was when you're talking about um talking to your students about motherhood yes uh, right that like part of that it made me think like yeah every woman has the capacity for motherhood so the same thing goes for men that all men have the capacity for fatherhood yeah um but. And it presents in different ways. Again, that's kind mm-hmm. of why I was emphasizing that. Like, not every man is called to have children. Mm-hmm. Right. In the traditional sense, like, bio- like yeah. care for children. Mm-hmm. Um, so, without further ado, yes. since we've adoed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I won that round. But. Hmm. Definition of winning is strange. Uh, uh, so, so the rules of men. Do you want to read them? Sure. I'll, let me. Okay. Well, I'll start. I'm just gonna like read through them. We'll kind of talk about them. Oh, I was gonna list them and then get more specific. It's, again, this. It's your thing how, though, because you're the how man. men and women, women, <laughs> men and women are different. How many you, women you are would, gonna listen to this podcast? I don't. Do we know? Is it mostly women? It's mostly women listening. I'm sure, yeah. Um, Currently, per our current stats, which do not include Canada and the UK. Well, Britain. There's, there are some men. Yeah. Um, but. Okay, but anyways. Um, yeah, I think just. At least to, like, start with this one and then go to the others. Um, so, right, first and foremost, any man who is born uh, <laughs> has the role of being a son. That That's inescapable. Right? Then that's, like, a given, right? No matter what, if you're born and you're a man, you're a son to somebody. Uh, if you're not born and you... Sorry, yeah, if you're conceived. Thank you. That's more accurate. Thanks. <laughs> Jeez, not really probably. Boo, this guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so every male person <laughs> is a son. Not like, just like mailman, but like every... A son of someone. No, M-A-L-E, not M-A-I-L. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay move on yeah well we'll get to fatherhood in a minute that's where the dad jokes come along with that oh my gosh we cannot be doing this <laughs> put it in the bonus so, content okay dad jokes with sean exclusively on patreon.com slash better than wine podcast there you go all right so that's our pitch good uh so as a son right part of what that role consists of, right, primarily is kind of receiving, right, um, sort of the, like, it sounds weird to say, but like receiving the gift of yourself, 
um, your life <clears throat> of your life right your existence that is you know that you didn't make yourself a son that you had to come from somewhere else yeah no choice and yeah you had no choice it was just thrust upon you no into the to be thrown into the world you were thrust thrust yeah whatever however you want to say it but um that that's kind of your calling as a son is to like primarily first and foremost receive this gift of life and then eventually kind of as you grow older it's more it becomes realizing okay like i've been given this gift i need to do something with it and you have um sort of responsibility that comes with that I have something to say. Yeah, please do. Um, receiving the gift. Uh-huh. I want to formulate my thought, but I don't want it to get too far Okay. away from that. So you said as you become older, you have a responsibility to do something. It's just part of what comes with growing up. Well, what do you mean by that? Of not just like being like, oh yeah, this is great, like... I was given the gift of life. I'll take it. It becomes more about actually doing something with that gift. First of right? all, I want to say that the example you just gave would be a vast improvement from most people's attitudes. Lots of people's attitudes. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I would argue that there's an age-appropriate appreciation for the gift at all stages of life. And what I mean by that is... skipping over babies because I don't understand them. <laughs> Sorry, that was weird. That, I think it's where it's a sign of like, yeah, they have to receive. Yes. So like, they, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like bonding and stuff that comes along with that, but... Um, mm-hmm. right, that they are still are a gift to others. I use this analogy of if you're... Like, there's a proper risk. This is not an analogy. The analogy displays that what I'm about to say. I use the analogy of someone you love gives you a gift for your birthday or Christmas, but you don't really like the gift. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because a lot of people want to argue that, like, they didn't have a choice in existing, and that's not fair. Um... But, so I use this analogy of, like, your grandma, uh, or someone you love, if it's not your grandma. Mm. Okay. Um, for me, it would be my grandma. <laughs> Alright, thanks. Uh, gives you a gift, but you don't really like the gift. But you're not just gonna throw the gift away because the gift is symbolic of something more. Mm -hmm. The love that that person has for you and the relationship that exists there. And so, um, 
both to your parents and God, you have a, like, your response to the gift is indicative of your respect for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Was that concise? Yeah. That's what, that's where I, I thought that you were going to go when you started talking about it's where this. i wanted to go it just and took so, me a little while <clears throat> to no it's good it was it's all good um because yeah because i think you could i mean there's i'm sure plenty of the kids that we know would probably say like oh i don't care i'll just throw it away i don't care who it's from i actually asked my class to yeah. respond to that I'm just. And, we, I'm sure we know kids oh, who would say that. Sure is all know, I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sure we know yes. kids. But it, what I was finding is, you had to find the right person, like the right relationship for them. Yeah. So, meaning like, if one of my kids didn't relate to like the grandma or parent, or there was very often someone else in their life that they had a respect for Mm -hmm. that they loved and appreciated that they said like I wouldn't like trash them or the gift Mm -hmm. and so then you can say like okay if you wouldn't do it to this person then you shouldn't do it to God and obviously your parents are part of that as well Mm -hmm. um but yeah, because I had, I mean, a lot of our kids come from pretty broken families. Yeah. So I had asked, like, what would you do? And several of my kids, at least, which kind of gave me hope. I think there are some things that don't leave human nature if they're nurtured enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and society tells us to act a certain way. But in our hearts, we I think we still know. But a lot of them, when I said that, they were like, that would be, like, really, like, mean. That would be terrible. No, you shouldn't do something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I, I was pleasantly surprised. And okay. I'd like to hold on to that little <laughs> sliver of hope. That's good. I'm all for that. Yes. Um, so, receiving the gift, sonhood. Yeah. And yeah, I think just like in the different stages of life, it plays out differently mm-hmm. too. Um, again, just depending on what right. capacity you currently have at that time. Like, I would definitely say that as you grow older, and if you're like once your parents become older you have kind of an obligation to make sure that they're cared for and that would be a part of like receiving the gift mm-hmm. right like yeah it's but i mean especially you think of um like as you yourself become an adult or like are an adult mm-hmm. and your parents are older and then they need help being taken care of you know how that definition of being a son to them changes yeah you know that it's almost like how it's executed completely turned upside down from again how it started 
that you're the one taking care of your parent rather than the other way around at the beginning of your life, which is very um, fitting, I think, mm-hmm. the way that that just all kind of yeah works. But yes, yeah. Um, okay, so then, uh, sort of the next kind of group of roles um, where again usually right when you're uh, already an adult uh, that you can be uh, as a man right you can be a husband a father uh, you can also be uh, your role as a worker and I think this just like that definitely like the role of a worker specifically is something that will talk about um I mean, we'll talk about all of it, but, uh, just, I just, there shouldn't be, I just want to set the precedent, I guess, that, like, we're not here to say women can't work, women should be in the home, right? Like, that's not what we're saying. That's what he literally told me earlier today. He said, you have to stay home now with our children. You know that I want to do that. <laughs> not you. Never gonna happen. Probably not. Oh well. It's the way of the world. Yep. It's yeah. a cruel irony. We are blessed to have you working from home, first of all. Yeah. So you get to see the kids a lot. Yeah, it's been insane. And also (laughs) that my job allows me to pretty much, I don't always like this, but to have the kids in the office basically Mm -hmm. whenever I need to. Right. In fact, where people kind of got mad at you at first when you stopped taking Caspian. Caspian, (laughs) and I got yelled at. Yep. But now you get to go back with him more. Yes. And take him to mass on school days. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, again, just before going into any of this. Huh? I thought there were three categories for men. Maybe I just had it divided up differently in my brain. What do you mean? I thought it was son, husband, and then father slash worker. Or son, husband, I... father, worker. I did not yeah. have these grouped. No, this is like my grouping of it. In my mind. It was a little different from like where I've taken this from. But I, this is how I did it. Okay. Just between the difference between being the one like receiving a gift and then more of your focus being um of husband father worker is of being a gift to others primarily okay i see oh oh i i see how you did this i really like that okay i didn't ever i categorized it more by like characteristics of the role rather than the gift side of things. I like that, though. Okay. Thanks. 
Mine was just, like, not related back to much of anything besides masculinity in general. Okay. But I like it. All right. It's good. That's why you're the the one. That's why you see the man. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even decide which quote to throw back at you right now. It will make him believe that it was his idea. Is this uh, two times in a row quoting my Big Was my Big Fat Creek Wedding quoted in the last one? Oh, it was, I don't think it was included. It was like at the oh, end of it. it. Like it, you cut it off? I think so. I can't remember where it fell. Know. Because I think we were talking about Caspian's different nicknames. Oh, yeah. So I think that's going to be bonus content. I'm listening to it now to get clips. Yeah, it was at the end. So. that I'm pretty sure I didn't include it in the podcast yeah. mm. but it'll definitely make it as bonus content bonus at some content. point anyways exclusively available on patreon yes dot com slash better than wine podcast go check it out please or don't we're begging we're not <laughs> actually you can be beggars it's okay okay there's nothing wrong with that sean will be a beggar it's humility Okay. What? So, husband, father, worker. <laughs> yes. Um, that is how you gift yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I am just blown away by how you divided these, and I love it. All right. Well, I'm glad you like it. I don't know. I didn't really think about it a whole lot, to be honest. So, I'm just, I'm just yeah. glad that it works for you it works <laughs> i'm so happy you're impressed by this <laughs> i don't know <laughs> this is how i will gift myself <laughs> this is my gift to, to you it's <laughs> my impressive intellect <laughs> sure i don't know <laughs> anyways okay um so yeah so like it's like being a gift to others and again depending on right again you, the relationships in your lives So, as a husband, your primary goal is being a gift to your wife, um, where it does also, right, it's never just, um, like, one, like, you're not just only, like, you have to be a gift all the time and never No, you have to be a gift all the time. Yeah, it goes both ways, right? I've heard it both ways. Thank you. Um, you do have to be a gift all the time. You ideally, like, ideally, you should. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think in the sacrament of marriage, if lived accordingly, you are a gift all the time. It's just sometimes it's more active and sometimes it's more passive. Well, sometimes you can just be completely selfish and you're not being a gift to the other person at that time. So I nuanced it with if lived accordingly. Yeah, yeah. well if lived accordingly then you I are think, okay, a gift. You may yeah. have weak moments but that doesn't I don't think that cuts into I think yeah, if you're talking about like a normal uh, I don't want to say normal but like your typical marriage yeah, you have weak moments but there are certainly bad marriages 
where yeah, that's why I said I've lived accordingly. <laughs> I, I know. Oh, man, guys, listen just, to him. He's just trying to shut me down. He's taking the gift away. See, this is what matters. As long as people like you and me keep talking, America Everyone else will, will feel better about themselves. Always <laughs> be the greatest. <laughs> that's not even what this conversation was about. <laughs> That actually worked. Thanks. Yeah. How many times can we quote The Office before... Just like quote... NBC how many quotes can we fit in? Sues us. I don't know. Um, they won't. Because who here's cares? The thing. That's why I said sometimes it's more active and sometimes more passive. Yes. Because I think even... Let's say you're failing to be an actively gifting of yourself. You're probably still, I don't know, holding down a job, taking care of business. I don't know. What do men do all day? Every day. <laughs> taking care of business. I mean, I Working know, overtime. Like, you do laundry and <laughs> the kids are still alive, so... Huh? <laughs> I'm just saying you do things, but, like, it's not always, like... Does it really not make sense what I'm trying to say? I'm just confused. Not to sound like Like, pretentious, but using me as an example in this. It's not good because lots of men don't do those things, but they should, in my opinion. I I don't disagree. Okay, what I'm trying to say, though, is even when you're not doing those things specifically, you're not working. Like if I was just sitting in a chair over there. Yeah, you're still, like, it's passive in that it's a part of your state in life. Right. Like, you're not not gifting yourself or withholding the gift by taking a break. Or even, like, if we get in a fight and maybe you're wrong, like, this one time. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I almost said 1%. It's the 1% of the time where you're wrong. Let's not put any numbers on it. And I'm being prideful. Oh, I didn't know you struggled with pride. Alright. I wouldn't even say, like, even in times where you're failing to actively give the gift mm-hmm. you're not not <clears throat> giving the gift yeah and I think that's true based you know we look at John Paul II and what he's saying um, is basically that too that just in your existence right you are still a gift to others in some way that you don't need to like always actively be doing also, something if anyone's still listening to this I feel like I just wildly confuse them no you were being sense? you were being very consistent in what you were okay. saying. Just and I, I think stand by said that. it several times. I think I you're think. a gift 100 percent of the time. Yeah. I think you're. I agree. Dumb one percent <laughs> of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my dumbness is still a gift to you. <laughs> it's not. Um, no, I like I I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. No. Like, you're, I mean it's. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I know. Even when I'm upset with you, I'm still appreciative of all the other things you're doing. Right. 
Right. <laughs> Trying to make white noise over there with your sleeves? What's going on? Yeah, that's a, some uh, ESMR. What's it called? <laughs> Stop. All right. No, we can't. We can't be doing this. All right. Um, it's ASMR, as you taught me like 40 minutes ago. As nope. we're an hour and 20 minutes ago. Wow. All right. So let's so talk more about this. Were you going to expand on worker? Uh, yeah, for sure. That. Because um, I feel like people might want to know about that. I, I certainly want to know about I it. I think that's the most controversial yeah like interesting like it's like oh like that's not just like a specific role for a man now can i ask a question yes you may um the authentically masculine person man yes has like a sub calling to be a provider and a protector mm-hmm. which of these roles does that fall under again I can't remember if it was worker or husband I mean or I, father it kind of falls I under mean, all of those kind of all of them yeah yeah like provider is more like a worker mm-hmm. right because that's how you provide yeah or have the means to provide uh, and then protector as a husband and father called to protect your wife and children right um and other people yeah that too but your primary uh responsibility is for your own family i like to think that one of the ways that that can present itself even if you're not married or a father Mm -hmm. um is through like the military now, yeah. obviously, women can be in the military, but just hear me out. It's like not symbolic. What's the word I'm trying to say? It just kind of like indicates that, mm-hmm. you know, there's just a. There are so many different ways that. Mm-hmm. Um, that that these callings can present themselves and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like, mm, that's it. Yeah, well, let me, to just kind of go along with that, uh, really, when I think you talk about any of these uh, roles of men, again, it's not specifically meant to mean that you are literally these things, like you're not necessarily right. literally a husband and a father, um, but that you can still uh, kind of ha- practice those same um, kind of certain aspects of it, even when you're not married or not, you know, a biological father to someone. And that's why I think fatherhood specifically is something that even someone who doesn't have children of their own can still live that out. Um, by being like a father to others, um, right? And this is the same thing where um, priesthood falls into it, right? It's the vocation 
uh, of priesthood, right? That you literally are called father, and uh, you are a father to people, <laughs> a spiritual father, um, but still, you know, um, you are res- sort of responsible. You have, you know, to care for people. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Sean is an excellent. Husband and provider. Thanks. Uh, so, but you too can also be For the low that <laughs> if you are a man, but you don't have to be a husband or a father to do so. Like, you know, again, you think about it as um, a protector, even though right here in this context we're talking about as being a husband. Mm-hmm. Um and father that you know there are still plenty of ways for uh unmarried men to protect you know women who may either whether they're friends or whether they're just strangers or yeah. they need help in some or way younger weaker men mm-hmm. just like other people I think that's such an important thing is to like mm, a truly masculine man man, should be willing to stand up for whoever needs it. Right. Even if it's a peer, if it's Mm -hmm. older, younger, weaker, stronger, smarter. Somebody you don't like. (laughs) Yeah, like if Doesn't somebody matter. is truly in need of defending, then the masculine man will do that. Right. I also think that part of that that is maybe overlooked would be that a masculine man would accept that from another person. Mm-hmm. Recognize right. his own weaknesses, deficits, struggles, needs for support. Mm-hmm. And I think that, if I may throw out the, the phrase toxic masculinity, I think... I don't want to get too far into toxic masculinity. Maybe we can make a bonus episode where I rant on that. But sure. There are so many different description or descrip- uh, definitions that people have of toxic masculinity, and I do think that there is kind of a toxic, like a toxicity that's out there when men refuse to recognize their weaknesses, their needs for support, they refuse to accept help, accept, um, you know, the support of other men and, and even mm-hmm. women, um, to acknowledge their brokenness, mm-hmm. uh, it's being human and to fix the damage that that brokenness, the 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 wounds that are there, 
in order to be better men, to be better able to accept help, to provide, to protect. Um, yeah. Right. To be able to put aside, you know, their own pride. Right. And realizing that that's not truly, you know, like the the manly thing to do is not, you know, put it all on your shoulders and say, like, I don't need any help. You know, I can do it myself. Yeah. But, um, again, just like, you know, we'll see how it plays out in other ways too, but that, um, right, to be able to say, uh, you know, I'm not just a gift to others but mm-hmm. others can also be a gift to me right because it's the gifting requires two people and if there's there is you're preventing someone else from being a gift if you refuse to be a receiver mm-hmm. yep True facts about masculinity. masculinity. Good. Okay. Um, and then that's right. I wanted to say that um, you know also to kind of I guess move on. Uh, from these roles of man, of manhood, uh, to you know, just I, I guess we'll probably talk about this more next time. But mm-hmm. how uh, right, masculinity is not meant to exist. Alone. Oh, apart from femininity. And apart, right? That, again, I think is why it's so hard to just talk about one and not mm-hmm. the other, but right. just to do it for the sake and of time constraints. After we, yeah. Um, after we talk about femininity, the following episode will very likely be about the complementarity that is mm-hmm. there and because this is just a lot to break down I mean honestly this is most of what theology of the body is about in a sense mm-hmm. um, yeah so there's definitely. going to be several episodes mm-hmm. uh, it, we will definitely talk about the complementarity yeah um yeah but um but yeah again that um you know it's kind of like again looking back to uh genesis and looking at you know god creating adam um so specifically in the second account of creation Mm -hmm. god creates adam first and then eve later um that it's it's in that 
story of creation where we really see, you know, looking at the difference um, between male and female, mm-hmm. uh, and again, what kind of each is called to. Um, and like you've already said before, that this is, you know, it lived out extremely different, like person to person, but um, again, it is sort of either, you know, your masculinity or femininity that kind of drives this. Um, and then again, these specific sort of roles and, you know, callings that we have right. um, is specific you know, to you and to your, um, to your own sexuality, whether male or female. And again, this is what John Baldwin is talking about. And again, that what, uh, is so important to, you know, take away from this is that, uh, you know, you can try to deny your own, you know, sexuality, you know, whatever you are, uh, you can try to, uh, again, kind of work around it, work it into, you know, whatever you want it to be. Um, but at the end of the day, who you are is, again, not really dictated by you. Like, you did not design and create yourself to be, you know, who you are. Um, that right, God is the one who has designed us and made us. And again, there's, of course, individual, you know, pieces of all of us, right, that, again, are good, that make us different. Um, but there is sort of a, a baseline for everybody that, you know, this is, again, who you are. And it's recognizing that, you know, acknowledging that and accepting that that is sort of a first step to really becoming the person you were meant to be. I think that is an excellent segue into... Oh, sorry. (laughs) I think that is an excellent segue into... um, You have several points here about being made in the image and likeness of God and how Mm -hmm. that relates to... um, authentic masculinity or the masculine callings uh, I suppose both of them really masculine and feminine but uh, yeah what um, there was something here I wanted to say which was Um, you have a quote here from Theology of the Body, audience nine, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I may, I may be misinterpreting kind of the, the order of things here, but it says, man becomes an image of God. Not so much in the moment of solitude as in the moment of communion. Mm-hmm. So we have man being created in the image and likeness of God. And the reason we focus on like masculinity versus femininity, not versus, but like kind of 
Like, yeah. the reason we're pinpointing characteristics of each one is because being created in the image and likeness of God it says something about not just like our, we have an intellect and a will and other characteristics which resemble God, but we also have this body, this like uniquely formed, honestly kind of strange body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yep. s- this body includes sexuality or sexual features characteristics features yeah that makes it sound way more exciting (laughs) (laughs) sexual features new feature um and these are also part of that image and likeness of god and obviously uh maybe not obviously if if you're new to theology then you may not know but um catholic theology there is no gender in god uh, but there, and that's why we say, not we say, but like John Paul II in Theology of the Body talks about how man, male and female together is in, in the sacrament of marriage is kind of like the embodiment of God's love of, and God mm-hmm. is love. Mm-hmm. So kind of the embodiment of who God is is this male and female together. Mm-hmm. Again, not to say that God is male and or female. God is neither. Oh, right. There's I just, guess what I'm gender getting doesn't at exist is more of like for the God. Yeah. The human nature. Right. I, I, I just don't want it to be misconstrued. <laughs> yeah. It's complete resemblance to God's love Mm -hmm. in the union of the male and the female. Mm -hmm. Right. And it kind of makes sense that in God's creation, that his creation would be... like resemble him in that way where we're almost like two halves to a whole yeah right Mm -hmm. definitely and yeah it's kind of what I was um, thinking about with this too is that you know when we look at ourselves as made in the image and likeness of God uh, how that can be so difficult to comprehend sometimes Mm -hmm. when again if you kind of get really wrapped up in uh you know just like the difference like yeah like we're all human um but you know there's these differences um like how can like god be all of this at once um and you know, it's kind of what you're saying, and I guess just to I don't know, say it a different way, mm-hmm. um, is that even though God sort of uses, you know, our creating us as masculine or feminine uh, to be uh, sort of a sign, right, of Him, 
uh, is using that to say that, you know, there's this, um, right, love, there's this uh, fruitfulness mm-hmm. comes out of love uh, that is right meant to sort of show us at least a little bit of who God is as, as love, like you said. Right. Um, and so that, it's, again, that it's, um, like John Paul II says, that it's, you know, our um, you know, bodies are basically meant to be a sign for us of God. Right. That, again, should in so many ways point us uh, back to God. And that's why it's a theology, like you said a lot earlier today, uh, that, you know, theology of the body is a way for us to understand God better, not just ourselves, but to understand who God is. Uh, And again, this is just one of those ways that um, kind of the fullness of the human person is not found in just one person. That, you know, I myself, right, as masculine, I can't embody all of, you know, what it means to be human, right? That there, ha- there has to be more. Whereas, you know, like you and I together in marriage, like that is closer <laughs> to what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, so yes. Um, And John Paul II, in his, was it an apostolic exhortation, familiaris dignitatum? I don't don't think it was a. uh, Why can't I remember the other name for letters written by the Pope? Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, my brain is broken. Uh, I think it's an apostolic exhortation, but... Yeah, sure. Anyway. Mulieris Dignitatum. The Dignity of Women? Women, yeah. Womanhood? Women. Women. Yeah. Um, sorry, y'all didn't study Latin. Uh... He says, to say that man is created in the image and likeness of God means that man is called to exist for others and to become a gift. Um, and that goes both ways. So to what Sean was saying, um, what you were saying, that was Thanks. weird, uh, that, you know, there's, there's like more of a fullness. And I, I think that... You can have that even just living in community, especially Christian community, um, or at least recognize it. It's not lived as intimately as in sacramental marriage. Um, But again, with the natural signs, we see signs of this. If we can pay attention and step outside of ourselves, our selfish desires, um... Yeah, so to that point in Genesis 2, mm. Eve, am I moving on? 
I was actually looking at this and I was thinking, I don't know if it'd be better to just use this for the next one. You want to save it? Yeah. Build to that. Build to that. Okay. He says we'll save it. Yeah. Actually, I think we saved these last two points that you put in here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um. So should we end with what I just said about... <laughs> yeah. How we're meant to be mutual gifts. Mm-hmm. It's everybody's giving, everybody's receiving all the time. There's giving and receiving. And in their giving and they're receiving. Perfect. Do you, not, do you get it? Yeah, I do. I was waiting for you to finish oh, the thing. Oh, I don't know it. I don't know the whole thing. Okay. There's just more giving and receiving. And the gift that is given <laughs> is one that is received. <laughs> Man. And the receiver receives the gift. <laughs> Honestly, it's a pretty good speech, so. Yes. Anyways. Speaking of giving and receiving and gifts that some people don't enjoy that much. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? Do, do, do. Are you ready for it? Wow. This is the part where you put the other sound bite in. Oh, okay. Alright. I was going to put the auto alert. (laughs) (laughs) Or record our children doing the sound. (laughs) Alright. All right. You already get... you already know what it is, so I'm not gonna hide it. This it's time. the closing segment. It's time, people. And how fitting that uh, now more than ever during the <laughs> infamous Winter Olympics <laughs> that shall not be talked Didn't about. Sean White retired. I think he was still participating. I think this was supposed to be his last one, maybe. I saw a news article that said... Oh, maybe he just retired. says it's time to pass the torch. Oh, I thought I heard that he was still doing one more. Can I be honest? Yeah. I did not know who Sean White was. What? Until... What? (laughs) You didn't know Sound of Music. Did you not... Did you know who Michael Phelps was? Yes, of course. He did steroids. Okay, so like they're the same. Sean White did steroids? I don't know. Probably not. Come on. He's just talking about Mountain Dew, <laughs> baby. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> maybe doing something else, but I don't know not that. Uh, wow, that just that's mind bottling. Bottling? Yeah, you know where your thoughts get so bottled up. Mind bottling? <laughs> yeah. It's like your thoughts are just in a bottle. You know that's not the phrase, right? I'm, I'm quoting something. Okay. Okay. But also, you didn't know Sound of Music. I did. You did not lie to me for that long. You're just trying to save face. No, I didn't actually know the rest of Doe, a Deer, or whatever. Okay. But I knew the other one. The other one what? The, my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Are you sure you know it? Yeah. Sing it right it, now. It's a Christmas song. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't. Go get the Mountain Dew. Okay, you look up facts about Sean White. No, I'm not oh, going to look up facts about Sean White. I'm going to tell our followers where they can find us since they've already found us. In the fridge. In the fridge. Okay, got it. Tell them where they can stick their grapes. 
Oh my gosh. Um, thank you to all of our supporters. We love you all. Shout out to our new listeners. Listener. Maybe there's only one of you. But if you're in Australia, we think you're pretty cool. Philippines, Ireland, Moscow. What? Um, I love all of you so much. Uh, and you know where to find us. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. If Sean would ever get to work. Come on, son. Um, we have a lot of content we want to put off. We've just been in a really weird transitional period of our lives and that we just start we just started we we decided to start this podcast and then we immediately uprooted everything yeah <laughs> so um there will be more youtube content coming soon there's going to be some stuff on Patreon uh, I would say by the end of the week after this airs hopefully cause old Shawnee boy's gonna get to work yep we'll have some free time he will have some free time that will then be allocated to other tasks that he doesn't normally do. I.e. podcast things. Um, yeah. I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. Alright. This episode is sponsored by us. Sponsored by Sean White. Nope. <laughs> Not even. I don't think we can say that. Why? Oh, it's not true. We're not really. Thank you. Okay. Full full disclosure. Full disclosure. Sean White knows nothing about this. And never will. Um. Wow. What a sound. Oh my gosh! Did you get it on the microphone? No, not the microphone. The the filter. It's fine. You have to use that filter from now on. Oh, we'll know which one it is. Because there will be a hole from the acid of Mountain Dew burned in it. Hmm. Does it smell? Yes. Alright. You ready? Yeah. Here you go. No secrets. You know what flavor it is. There's no secrets because I bought it. You bought it, yep. Um, This is canned, as you heard. That is important to note. It smells sour. Yep. It smells like... What flavor is it? Like cinnamon. Oh. It's called Thrashed Apple. (laughs) What a terrible name. It is really bad. Okay, so what happened was... I went to the grocery store and I was buying stuff for a youth group and also for us. Eat and up, like there was like a end cap display that was like, get this soda twelve pack, 
and we were running out of bottled Mountain Dew options. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'll buy this 12-pack. Well, then I remembered something in the back of the store, and it was like, there was a display near the eggs and yogurt and stuff mm-hmm. that had all the different flavors of Mountain Dew 12-packs. And wow. it was like, this is not an actual deal. This is just how much this costs. Mm-hmm. So my original intention was to buy the flavor that was on sale. Oh. But epic fail. Here we are. All right, I'm going to try it. Yep. I'm scared. You said it wasn't good. It's There's, not. You've been drinking it. Full disclosure, the, I've been drinking it. Like all week. Two weeks? Yeah, over the last couple weeks. Ew. That is horrendous. Yeah. Wow. Not sure why they thought to put apple in Mountain Dew. Because that's why it's not just like an apple flavor. Like, you can taste like normal Mountain Dew in there. Yeah. But there's like a weird apple side effect. It's like they put an apple. Yes. Into, like, the vat of normal Mountain Dew. It's like this Mountain Dew was on a truck with apples. (laughs) To reuse the LaCroix joke. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Is it growing on you? It is. Wow. You have to get closer to the microphone. No, it's okay. It's all good now. It doesn't matter what I say. Oh. This is all about you and Mountain Dew. It's... I want to keep drinking it, but not because I like it, but because I want to figure it out. Okay. That's fair. Is that how they get people? Probably. I think that's how they get people to buy these ridiculous flavors. (laughs) It's like, I want to, I gotta know what that's like. Uh, did they use a red apple or a green apple? I assume green. Oh. Based on the, the can. pictures of green apples. Carbonated water, high fructose corn syrup, citric acid, natural and artificial flavor, gum arabic, zodi- sodium benzoate, preserves freshness. Yeah, I feel like that's the least of your concerns. They shouldn't, they should just stop putting ingredients on it and just say, yeah, you have cancer now. (laughs) Good luck. Caffeine, sodium citrate, glycerol, ester of rosin. (laughs) Is it a queen? The the blood of a queen. The blood of the empress. (laughs) Um, Calcium disodium edta. Uh, to protect flavor. Yellow 5, blue 1. Hey, no red 40. Holy, I hope not. In a green drink. Caffeine content, Yellow 55 drink. milligrams per 12 ounce can. Wow, that seems like a lot. I'm going to just compare with Dr. Pepper real quick. What's the doctor got? Caffeine content, 41 milligrams. Yeah. It's not, I don't, 
know what that means in effect, though. You know? Let me... I'll tell you. Do our listeners care about this? This is important. Okay. I don't care what anybody else thinks. It's important. Okay. How much... Imagine living with this, people. Am I right? (laughs) What a gift. (laughs) Um. Alright, so... It looks like a normal cup of coffee Yes. is 100 milligrams of caffeine. Holy moly. Wait, what's a normal cup of coffee? Eight ounces? Uh, I don't know. Or 12? I don't know. Probably Because if it's eight, eight, then you could drink like three of these. No. Yeah. Two cans of Mountain Dew. Yeah, eight ounces. Three cans Dr. Pepper ish. Feel free to correct my math in the comments. It's remember, it was very, it was very uh, scientific ish, three ish. Isn't that the story with science these days? Ish. Good. So. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like a lot for a soda, but. Anyways, it's terrible. We knew that already. Uh, but thanks the back of my for is burning. Anyways, thanks for being here with us. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, we hope you uh, come back next time. Thank you for being you. Please share with your friends if you like this. <laughs> yep, share with your enemies. Also, we don't care. <laughs>